would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3. <clears throat> the black Model T Ford of the 1920s had uh, a 20 horsepower engine and could reach a maximum speed of around 45 miles an hour. It kind of cruised at around 25, but it could, it could get up to 45. A hundred years later, the Ford Motor Company built a Mustang GT that has a maximum speed of 185 miles per hour. And it can go from zero to 60 in 3.3 seconds. And compared to the 20 horsepower on the Model T, a Mustang GT has 460 horsepower. Now, you don't have to know a lot about cars to know one is faster than the other, right? One has a, a little bit different kind of kick to it. And in this text today, Paul is back from that holy rabbit trail that we went on with him last week and is getting to his second prayer of this letter. And what we see here in this, these verses, verses 14 through 21, we'll see that Paul exemplifies a prayer for the church as a reminder for the great need of the church to have God work on the church's behalf. Did you catch that? So he's gonna give us an example right here of a prayer for the church that, that the need of the church is for God to work on behalf of the church. So here's where the Model T comes in. I believe that if I were to poll this room, that the vast majority of, of y'all, of us, would say that prayer matters. We would say that prayer is significant, important. We would quote things like James 5.16 and say that it's powerful and effective, or we would quote from the King James and say that it availeth much, right? We would, we would wholeheartedly say yes. I think that if I were even to say all, everybody who thinks prayer matters, raise your hand. Probably everybody would raise your hand, even if you just kind of felt guilty about it, right? Like we would all say that prayer matters. Prayer is important. However, I believe that the church as a whole seems to be praying like we are in a Model T when we have access to a Ford Mustang. Practically, that means that we far too often pray casual, unintentional prayers that do not even stir our own hearts. Right? We, we will bless the food, we will pray at bedtime. We will make sure we bow our heads in a room like this or in life groups in just the last few minutes or the moments ahead. But today, by this word, I want to call Colonial Heights, us. I want to call us to pray with a 460 horsepower engine. I want to plead with God that he would do more 
than we could ask. This wasn't supposed to be emotional. So what we're going to do, this is slightly different than a typical sermon for me. Uh, we are going to, this part's not atypical, I hope. Uh, we're going to kind of walk through the, these few verses. And um, as Paul does, as he kind of describes different things for us to pray for, we are going to pause and pray. And so I'm, gonna, I'm going ahead and telling you now that uh, this will be a very audience participation sermon, okay? Uh, I know typically you sit and listen, and every once in a while, you'll, one or two of you will give an amen. Some of you give a head nod, not even like the falling asleep kind, like the I agree with you kind. Um, but today, we are, we're going to all participate, all followers of Christ here are going to participate in this time, calling out to God. We're gonna, so I'm going to urge you, I'm going to encourage you, hopefully, even according to this word, that we will do just that, that we will plead with God to do more than we could ask or imagine. So we're going to ask big things and expect him to do more than we ask. Everybody good with that? Okay, that, that wasn't enough of you, but you'll get there. So let's, let's do this. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more, abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 This is the word of the Lord. In fact, I mentioned that this is a prayer and that last week was this rabbit trail, because if you remember, Paul kind of got this started in verse one. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. And then he goes on the rabbit trail. And so then he comes back and he says again in verse 14, for this reason. It's like he has to restate the, the thing that he had started to say. I get that way sometimes uh, when I'm in here, I, I will get going on something and I'll take a little side note and then I come back and I have to say the thing I said the first time because y'all don't even remember where I was, right? That's kind of what Paul is doing here. He's thinking, okay, so this is why. So remember where he was actually in chapter two, which is this beautiful picture of reminder of the gospel and then you get to the end and he is reminding us in the new verse 19, chapter two, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus 
himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is the church. So he says all of these things about the church for this reason. For this reason, I bow my knees. Paul's saying, I'm all of you people. This is who I'm praying for. I'm, I'm, whatever he says next is because of this group. And we, some 2,000 years later, need to be praying in this same way. What I would first tell us about Paul's prayer here is that Paul's prayer is humble. Right? Verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Chip Stevens pastor at First Baptist Jackson recently said this. He said, you aren't ready to arise and go until you have knelt and bowed. I want you to hear that from me as one who I believe is consistently uh, charging us to go, praying for us to be ascending church, wanting us to be ones who make disciples in our neighborhoods in and in all nations, that that is a part of us. But I hope you hear this from me, that we must be a people who find ourselves both figuratively and literally on our knees before God. Tony Marita wrote of this. He said that this is a clear picture of humble gratitude, humble desperation, and humble confidence. And even if you fast forward to those last few verses, Right? He is confident that God is going to do more than he could ask or imagine. He is confident that he is the one who deserves the glory. So he is humble, yes, but his confidence is not in his own ability. Paul is not confident in himself. He is confident in Christ. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Kylie and Gino and I, fellow pastors here, if you don't know them, uh, went on a on a trip to the Himalayas. And we've told lots of stories from that trip. Some good, some not so great. Um, but this one is certainly one of my favorite. Uh, what is common there for uh, when the church gathers? Uh, when they pray, uh, when someone says, even if it's like for a meal, it, it does, not, does not matter what the prayer is, Pretty much everybody prays out loud. Now there's one person who might be the like chief prayer or in a sense like the loudest prayer. Is that what I'm saying? So like when they're done, everybody's done. Y'all get the picture, right? But everybody is praying. Sometimes they're, they're uh, echoing whatever is being said, like literally repeating it. Sometimes they're, they're saying similar prayers, but slightly different. But everybody in the room, again, whether it's uh, asking God to bless the food or they're about to have a time of teaching, a time around the word, when they say, let's pray, it's not a uh, like observation, like y'all watch me pray kind of time. It's everybody is praying. Now, again, uh, most of the people aren't like yelling out, uh, shouting so that nobody can hear kind of that other person but it's that everybody is praying out loud. And so I know this is different for us because you're like, hey, I don't live in the Himalayas, buddy. Um, but 
there, there's something about, and I, I believe this is part of, uh, it's similar to us singing, right? There's something about hearing the church sing his praises. Uh, even uh, David likes it too. That's why he stepped back from the microphone. He wanted to hear all of us say, Jesus Christ is our living hope, right? And there's also something about hearing the people of God pray in desperation. And so as we walk through these, these prayers in just a few minutes, I want to give you that heads up that what I'm going to be asking of us is to pray out loud. So that's boys and girls, kids, you can pray out loud. Moms and dads, you can pray out loud. Grandparents, singles, college students, it doesn't matter. You, you can pray out loud uh, before our God. So, so let's see what Paul's humble prayer is even charging us with. First, it's that the church will be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. We know that the spirit is the one who gives us power. We're told this, even reminded this in Acts chapter one, verse eight, right? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Hey, kids, I want you to do something for me. Uh, Y'all do a good job at this so many weeks. I want you to draw something that is really strong, like super powerful. Maybe powerful like a bear or a lion or something really strong like Superman or Hulk or whatever. But when you are drawing that thing, that person, that item, whatever, that animal, creature, I want you to know that there is an even greater power in the Holy Spirit. It's not just muscles. It's not just strength of a bite. It is the convicting, comforting perfections of the powerful Holy Spirit that gives us boldness, gives us the ability to stand up for what is true and what is right. It is the Holy Spirit. And for those of us in Christ, we all get that power. It's not left out. You're not, you're not missing it. So I, I think about questions like this, like, do you want more power? Like more, do you, wanna, you want to know and experience this kind of strength? Of course you do. We, we talk about it this way. Like we want boldness. We want, like we, we speak of bold people. Like, man, they're, like there's something special. We like that about them. But why? Some of us want power or strength, but we might ask for it for the wrong reasons. And it is good for us to be reminded that the reason that the Holy Spirit is given, the reason we receive this power is so that we will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Oh, like how I want that kind of power, the kind of strength to be bold for my friends at the gym or to be clear in communication with the other parents at the ball field? 
Are we asking God to strengthen us so that we can merely make it through the day? Or are we asking God for a strength that will propel us to the lost? Why oh, want us? Will you pray with me for a bold power that will cause our church members, possibly even you, that some of you would sell your stuff and move to those who have never heard the gospel. I also want to ask that you will pray with me for a bold strength for all of us as church members that we would proclaim the excellencies of Christ. We will find people in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, that we will do whatever we can to make Christ known. I want to echo the words of the song we sing, Open Heaven, Spirit, pour out. Pour out on us that we might proclaim your goodness. So, what I want to ask is that we pray together. Um, as I mentioned before, we can all be praying out loud. I realize it's a little bit uncomfortable and we can be uncomfortable here. This is family, okay? So we're gonna, we're gonna pray out loud together, asking God specifically, we're praying and asking God to give us strength and boldness that we can proclaim Christ. So, so this is the prayer. You might have specific people that you wanna pray for that boldness about, toward. You might have... Uh, like mission trips in mind. You might have even praying, like, God, give me the strength. Maybe I'm supposed to go to somewhere other part of the world. Whatever the case is, like none of those are, are uh, insignificant. None of those are not important. All of this matters. So, so here's what we're doing. So we're gonna all pray and I will, I will be praying kind of over us, if that makes sense. And then uh, when I finish praying, when I say amen, like that's kind of wrapped up, Okay. Does all, all that make sense? Oh. Other yeses? Yeah, okay, we're good. Okay, y'all had me going there for a second. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's, let's pray together. Father God, we, we pray that you, you would give us a, a different kind of boldness. We need you to, to move in us in a way that would make you known. Help us speak with clarity the mysteries of the gospel. God, help us make you known. God, we want to see people be baptized, people come to faith in you because you've used us to speak clearly. May it not just come from the pulpit, may it come from porches, kitchens, living rooms, workplaces, school classrooms. God, give us church will dwell with Jesus Christ through faith. 
Look, look at verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This makes me think of the, the word abide. The idea of abiding with Christ. Jesus speaks to this in John 8. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If we wanna be free from sin, then we are called to abide in Christ and even specifically abide in his word. Abide means to remain or to stay, like to, to persevere in. I want us to be a church that, that has active spiritual disciplines. We've been thinking about this in one of the classes I'm teaching right now, that like, this has got to be ongoing for us. So I'm going to give you a challenge this week. Maybe this is your normal. Maybe you are one who every day, day in and day out, you open up God's word. And I, I want to say, keep doing that. I know that many of you, uh, are, are, it, it's a struggle to get into that habit. And a lot of times it's the question of like, what do I need to read? Well, uh, even, like, so it's October 2nd, but we have uh, the October Bible reading plan out on the tables. Grab one of those and say, okay, this week I'm gonna read every day. In fact, let's, this, is, this is like a practical thing to do. Uh, this was not original with me, but a friend of mine came up with the, the idea of PB and J. Anybody like PB&J? Yep, PB&J. We normally think of that as peanut butter and jelly, right? But in this case, we can think of that as prayer, Bible study, journal, okay? So we're gonna, I'm gonna challenge you every day this week to spend five minutes in prayer, five minutes in Bible study, and five minutes writing in a journal. You can write down your prayer. You can write down other prayer requests. You can write down what God has done, what you've seen him doing in your journal. You can do all of that, right? So five minutes of prayer, five minutes of Bible study, five minutes of journal, P, B, and J. Five, 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 like that's, that's something we can do. And here's what we're asking. Here's what we're doing. We want to, to dwell with God in his word. We wanna abide with God in his word. And we wanna, we wanna hear what he has to say to us and we wanna speak to him like we're doing right now. We wanna pray to him and we're asking God, dwell with us. Like we, we realize that we can't make it without him, right? Like, I mean, David said that earlier, that, that you know, this is what that song was even saying, that we were saying, we, if you give us nothing else, we need you. If we get nothing else but you, it's good enough. Like even if that's, if that's the case for all of eternity, if all we get in heaven is God, it's worth it. I, I'm afraid that there are days that I don't know that I, I really mean it. Because I start asking other, for other things, right? But just ask God, dwell with us, abide with us. Like give us yourself, give us more of you, God. It's not that he could get, like he's already given us everything. It's like, help me see more of you. So 
as we, as we kind of move into another time of prayer, we're gonna all be praying out loud again. And, and this time we're asking God to dwell with us. That we as his people will, will have him in us and with us and he will dwell in us as we seek to abide in him. So, so maybe even you're gonna ask him this week, God, help me read your word when I've never, I've not been in that habit. Help me get into that habit. Help me do that more and more often. Help me grow in this. These are, these are the kind of things we're gonna be praying. So let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Oh God, we pray that you would dwell with us. God, we, we, we need your presence. We know that you've given us your spirit and therefore you've given us power, but we just need you. We don't just need your strength, we just need your presence. creation would dwell with us. And now we want to ask that the church will be rooted and grounded in love, right? Continuation of verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. We want to be a church that is deeply embedded into the, the like, in, like courses through our veins that we love one another, Right? They will know us by our love for one another, the way that we care for each other. And so this, is, this, is not, this isn't like a long point, but it should be a significant prayer. Does that make sense? I don't have to elaborate on this a whole lot for us to understand that we, we want God to display his love through us. And the way we do that is that we would be rooted and grounded in his love. That this, those, those roots would go deep. We have, a, we have a bunch of pine trees in my yard and uh, it makes grass cutting difficult, right? Because you see all the roots, the roots go wide, but uh, they all seem to stay up at the top. My lawnmower hits them all the time. But we're asking, we're asking for those deep roots, right? Not just the ones that stay up on the surface. We want, we want deep roots in the love of God, fertile soil. We wanna be a church that loves each other well, so significantly that the world around us knows of, of the love of Christ. So I wanna call you again to, to, to pray that we would be a people who are rooted and grounded in love. Would you pray with me? Father God, yet again, we need you. We need you to help us be, be rooted in love grounded in love, God. May our, 
May our thoughts be grounded in love so that we, we hold captive thoughts. In fact, might we release thoughts of lust or pride or anger or gossip. God, may you tame our tongues so that, that we don't speak false gossip or slander coarse joking, God, take all of that away, God, so that we would, we would be rooted and grounded in love, God. May we be a people who, who long for you in this way. You would help us display a love for you. Help us care for one another. Help us be there to, uh, to celebrate as good things happen and to rejoice with our brothers and, and at the same time to weep with those that are weeping. God, help us in this. Maybe we be rooted and grounded in your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're, we're making it through this, okay? Everybody's, everybody's doing well, yes? Yes, this is good. I just want you to know I'm, I love hearing you pray. Praise God for uh, our faithfulness to, to call on him. Okay, uh, that the church, this is the next prayer here, that the church will comprehend the fullness of God. That's a big ask, isn't it? It's a big request. Verse 18, so we want to be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 17, that may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. This is a lot, right? The breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God. Like this isn't just that, that God has love. God is love, right? So when we're saying we want to understand what the, the depth and height and length and width, breadth of, of God, of his love, we are saying like we want to know him. And I, I want to, to pause here for just a second and say there may be some of you today that know about him, you, you've read about him or you've sat in a room like this, you know about God, but this invites us to know him. We, we could go from his enemies to his friend. That he will be our father. We become his children. And you can do that by turning away from, from your sin, your, your offenses to God, your self, your own selfishness, your own pride. You can turn away from that. It's called repentance, turning away from sin and self and stuff and trusting in Jesus for the salvation that only he can provide. You too can know this God. In fact, in just a little while, uh, when the service is kind of wrapped up, uh, if you have questions about that, you can come right here and there will be those that would love to, to talk with you here in this decision counseling room. But even right now, you don't have to have me, you don't have to have somebody, you don't have to repeat a prayer. You, you can simply call out to God and confess your sin, repent of your sin, turn away from it and say, God, I trust in you. I need you. I want to know you. And what, what Paul is saying here is that we want God to reveal himself to us. And, and I want to be clear. He has revealed himself to us in his word. So when we're asking God, reveal yourself to me, we're holding up the word and saying, God, 
help me see what you've set before me. Does that make sense? Because sometimes we can say, God, reveal yourself to me as though he hasn't already put it in front of us. God, God, show me a sign. And like the answer is in front of you. God, do you want me to share the gospel? Yes. Okay. God, God, do you, do you want me to make disciples? Yes. Do you want me to be sacrificial in my giving? Yes. Do you want me to be cheerful in my sacrificial giving? Yes. Do, do you want me to show up to church on Sunday? Yes. Do you want me to care for my neighbor and love my, my life group? Yes. Do you, like, th these aren't things that we have to wonder about, right? And so when we're asking God, like, this is going to be our prayer. God, reveal yourself to me. Reveal your truth to me. We're saying to him, open my eyes to what you've already put in front of me. So that I could see the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of your love. And for those of you who don't yet know him, what you can do is say, God, show yourself to me that I might turn away from everything else and follow after you. That can be your prayer. So church, will you join with me as we pray even right now? God, we, we want you to reveal yourself to us. God, we, we want you to like, open our eyes to see the, the truth that's set before us in your word. And certainly you have revealed yourself through creation and nature to see your, your powerful attributes, but, but there's more. And so we, we want to see you in your word. So open our eyes. God, for those who are here today that, that don't know you, God, I pray that you would, by your spirit, Soften their hearts right now, God, that they might turn from their sin and trust in you. Please, God, save them. That they might become my brothers and sisters, that they might become your children adopted by you, God. Reveal yourself to them. God, please, reveal yourself to us that we can know you in your fullness. I cherish your gift. We pray this in your son's name, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Okay. So we've made it through this, these points of prayer, these humble prayers from Paul, right? He's pleading. Like he, he is on his knees before the Father. He is asking for these rich glories, I mean, the, the riches of glory. He wants to be strengthened. He wants to dwell with God. He wants to be rooted and grounded in love. He, he wants more of like, God to be revealed to him. And then Paul, Paul realizes how good he has it. And he gives this doxology of a statement. So Paul's praise is expectant. So his prayer is humble and his praise is expectant. He expects that God will do mighty things, right? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. He is expecting for God to do. Like he knows he is able to do it. He knows he's the one who has this power. He knows who he's calling upon. And so God does more than we can imagine. I like to think I've got a pretty big imagination. I remember uh, over four years ago when I came here 
I began praying then that we would be a church that would train and send out people to the mission field. Like I, I prayed that publicly, I prayed that uh, in my kind of prayer closet, but I did not know to pray for a church plant to start four years later. I did not know to pray that four missionary units would be sent out in one year. I did not know to pray that we would host like some 200 pastors and ministers for a, a conference. I didn't know that that would be something that we did as a church. I didn't know to pray that, that month after month, we would have about 15 pastors here that every month on our campus that we're equipping and training in their local congregations. We have to pray and ask God to do more than we can imagine because he, his imagination is far greater than ours. I mean, like, think about it. Everything that we create, every piece of art, every, like, uh, building structure, the, that Model T4, the, the Mustang, all of those things that we create are based on something that he created. Like, we have a limited creativity. But even when we, when we like, make, a, we draw an animal as a kid, right, or if I'm drawing one now, then it, uh, if, you were, if you were charged to like make one up, it would have parts of another animal that you had seen before. Legs, arms, mouth, face, eyes, ears. Maybe it would have a long neck, but that would be like a giraffe or an ostrich, or an emu, whatever, right? Everything we create is based on something that he's already created. And so we have to pray differently when, when we see things taking place that we didn't expect, we have to pause and praise him. We didn't expect for God to, like we didn't even know to expect these things. Think about, uh, we're experiencing growth in our Hispanic ministry. There's some 30 plus in uh, worship and there's another 40 or so in our English as a second language classes on Wednesday. There are, you may not know this church, but there are some 70 students in personal discipleship relationships. Not just like coming to life group, they're, they're getting invested in on a more individual basis. There's another 40 women or so in personal discipleship relationships. There's, there's like all of these numbers of people that I don't even know about. We can see like heart changes taking place. In, well, maybe I put it this way. We can't see what's happening even in the room right now. Yes, I continue to pray that we will be ascending church for God's glory but I'm also joining with others and praying right now that God would stir all of us to have, uh, to, to serve in the church and to make disciples, that we would see that as our task right where we are. I'm praying. I've been, I prayed this already this week and this weekend, and I'll pray it again in just a moment, that we will have more personal evangelists, that more folks will be sacrificing for the good of the church family. Maybe you're hearing these things and say, I want to be a part of serving in these ways. I want to, I want to say yes to, to service in the church. I want to work with children. I want to work with preschoolers. I, I want to run a camera, work AVL. So this is a, just a practical step, and then we'll get back to the praying and praising. Uh, you can go to colonialheights.org serve. If this is you and you say, I, I need to participate, I need to, to step out and serve, go to, go to that website, uh, colonialheights.org slash what? Serve. It should be on the screen. Yes, great. Serve. Good job. So, uh, and, and you can check the boxes of things that you're interested in, and somebody will get in touch with you. 
This should be a very easy way, a very practical way for us to say yes. Now, these are ways that we can see what God is doing. Like we can look around and see that God is at work in these ways, even though it's not just like in many ways, it's like uh, kind of behind the curtain. So we can, we can peek around the curtain though, but there is things that aren't just behind the curtain. They're in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls in the room even right now. So I'm praising God for hearts that are turning to him, for the decisions people are making to continue to work and strive even on their marriage, to seek forgiveness from their parents, for those who are confessing sin to the Lord even right now. Like these are things that we should be praising God for, church. Like we don't, we don't just praise him because there's multiple people in a class somewhere. We praise God that he is moving and like in people's hearts in this room right now. Like this is what we're called to do. He's doing more than we could ask or imagine. Can, like, I, I'm just telling you, I've had a dream my, as long as I can remember of my life that I would pastor a church. I had no idea to dream this big. Not in size, but like as in an awesomeness. <laughs> oh, like this is, I, I, I cry all the time, but I cry when I think about like how, what a gift it is to be in this family. Yes, it's good. It's good to be in this family. And so, so like we, we should pause right now. And so I'm going to do this. This one's going to be different. Okay. Because, uh, it's time for everybody to kind of wake up a little bit. Okay, so we're going to do this. I want everybody to stand. And as we stand, we're going to pray again. This isn't like, uh, this isn't move towards the, like, uh, so, so musicians don't panic too much, okay? We're just standing and we're going to pray out loud in our standing. Like we were, we were sitting in our prayer, but now we're praising. And so there's, some, there's, a, there's a different position that we need to take, right? Like we, can, we can praise him on our knees, but that, we need to just celebrate what God is doing. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stand and praise and you can raise your hands if you want. You can hold your hands out. You don't have to do anything with your hands, but, but uh, we're gonna praise God for the great work he is doing. What we can see and what we can't see. Well, we're gonna ask that he will do more than we think, more than we can imagine. So let's, let's praise him together. Father God, we, we do, we praise you. We praise you because you have done so much more, so much bigger and better things than we can even imagine. There are things happening. I, we trust that they're, they're happening in our hearts even now that we are turning to you, that there are people that didn't know you that know you now. You're opening people's eyes. God, we praise you. We praise you for, for ministries that are growing and taking place. God, we, we praise you for students being discipled and people who speak Spanish being brought to you. God, we, we praise you that, that we are able to sing and lift up our voices to you. We, we praise you for redemption and reconciliation in, in marriages because we, we praise you that you have restored and healed. We praise you for the forgiveness in people's hearts. God, we, we, we give you honor and glory. All praise be to you. You deserve so much more than just our voices. You, you deserve our lives. So God, we praise you for all of your riches, the riches of your glory. We pray this all in your son's name, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. You can be seated for just one more moment. We'll stand up in just a minute again, but I, I do want to point this out, that while, while we say that God does more than we can imagine, we would also say God is worthy of more than we can offer. 
right? He deserves so much more than just our, he deserves more than all of our money. Like, yeah, we, we should give our resources to him, but he deserves, even if, even if we kept no percent and we gave him everything that we earned, he would deserve more. Like, he deserves all of us. And this is why to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, right? The endeavors can just keep going on and on and on. Like, this is what, it's going to take us all of eternity and we still won't have enough time to give him the praise he deserves. And it's not gonna just take me doing that. It's gonna take all of us in all the languages, in all the world, from every people and tribe and nation and language, singing salvation belongs to our God. And unto the Lamb, like this is our King. He is the one who deserves all of our praise. It's going to take all of us doing all of it. Like this is what it's about. Like when I look at this, I just, I can't help it. Like, did you, did you hear all of that? I'm gonna read it again because I don't know if you caught how good it was. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. We are those all generations we're generations later still praising the same Christ Jesus. He is the one and only way of salvation. He is the one and only resurrected Lord. He is the one and only holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He is the one and only Jesus. And it is to him who deserves all the glory, all the praise. And so as we transition, to singing his praises. Let us bring 460 horsepower of a Ford Mustang and give him all the praise that he deserves. Would you stand with me once again as we praise our King?